Okay, so I figured out how to monetize this. What is this? Well, not my tween thing, but I got something okay. better that I can actually monetize. Okay? Go for it. This it does. So I'm putting the intellectual concept rights on this. So you can either purchase it flat out from me for like $7.5 million, Sounds like a steal. Or if you want to utilize this idea, like because I guess some people don't have it. Uh, they can license it from me for one hundred and fifty thousand a month. Okay. For perpetuity. Yeah. Okay. Seems only seems rare. Or they can do the buyout at any point too. Having not heard the idea, sounds mm-hmm. perfectly reasonable. Okay. So here's my here's my concept, and I legit think if somebody could make this work, there's a lot of money to be made. A porn search engine by image. What I mean by that is you find the friend you want to bang, the acquaintance, right? The coworker. Okay. You upload that image and then they find the closest match of someone in porn, in every porn. So you can watch the coworker that you have a crush on Mm -hmm. get railroaded. I mean, that's probably only slightly less pervy than your tween magazine idea. That's not even close to being as pervy. <laughs> <laughs> and you're telling me you couldn't monet that that could totally be monetized if you did it like a dollar a search. Like, if if you're like, no, think about it. All right, so you how many people how many people want to sleep with with their their sister in law, right? Okay. So you take a picture from Facebook, you search that image in porn web crawler. Okay. Web crawler? Yeah. Porn. Bring it back to 1995? <laughs> porn web crawler. Okay. And then it'll find the girl or guy that looks exactly like the person you're searching for. Because really, all of us hope every time you look that you find someone you know. Like even if they're only marginal, sure. even if they're only marginally attractive, you would watch every second of something somebody that you knew. I mean, I think it would be more like funny to find somebody I knew. Like, oh my god, there's porn. They should probably know about this. <laughs> How would you do that? Like, <laughs> all right, so all right, so um, so you 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 happen to be looking online. Mm-hmm. You find to be. you find a video of me. And saxophone Ryan just <laughs> go into town. Okay. <laughs> and like Are we you don't know. there's a chance I might find that? And we don't know it, right? So so it's obviously like it's not like we set it up. Right. Like somebody just f- set this up and ben put was it up, filming you. Yes, and put it up without our knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right. You would feel some obligation to come tell me, but then also you would have to explain yourself about why you found that, right? I guess. Or what if you did? You found a video of Tom, just I don't know, Tom and saxophone Ryan going to town. <laughs> Even if you didn't want to bring it up to them, you'd want to tell me, right? <laughs> like you would want to be like, "Oh my god, you have no idea what I just found." So, so there are. I feel like there are two kinds of people that you know in that you find in porn: the people that you're going to tell immediately, and the people you're going to tell everyone but that person. Mm-hmm. But how how would you justify finding it? Imagine you found that. <laughs> Imagine you found Tom. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine I'm just searching for you, gay porn, and you found Tom in the in the middle of a bukkake. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. How would you? How would you tell me? Could, I don't could you? know. <laughs> if that's the particular image we're talking about. <laughs> I probably keep that to myself. But you would want to tell me so bad, wouldn't you? I guess maybe. <laughs> You'd have to come up with some elaborate excuse. <laughs> I just feel like I would be like, okay, long story short, I found this video <laughs> of Tom. And then you'd be like, you idiot, that's not Tom. That looks nothing like Tom. <laughs> and I'd be like, hmm. Now you know my fetish. 
Because <laughs> my face blindness would get in the way. <laughs> yeah, that would be awkward. <laughs> oh. I still think my porn search engine's a great idea. I, f- <laughs> I just feel like that's like predatory. I don't know. What do you mean? Uh, like as a business practice or the people doing the searching? It seems really creepy. Like, oh, I'm going to put in a picture of my secretary. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to analyze that picture of my secretary and try to find a porn actress that looks like her. Okay. I find that creepy and exploitive. I don't know. Exploitative. I'm not disagreeing with any of that, but I'm saying it's a viable <laughs> business practice. There's tons of people that would be paying a dollar to search for their secretary. Maybe. You don't think so? You wouldn't pay for a dollar to search for your secretary? I. If you could pay a dollar to find that Bukaki video of Tom, you would pay that dollar. Yes. <laughs> See? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. You would search everyone you know, even if you couldn't. Because if you what if, if the, I heard that there was rust porn out there, I would probably buy rust porn. See, just like I got to experience that once. Yeah, it, you heard that, everybody. If these podcast numbers start going down and our <laughs> revenue drops, it's gonna have to be. I'm gonna be like Screech trying to keep my house. I'm gonna have to make a porn. I don't think you're as gifted as Screech. Oh, is he gifted? Very much so from what I hear. From what Bobcat Goldthwait says on his records. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a he's an awesome dude, right? Bobcat like, Goldthwait? Yeah. Like he okay. just he just he, abandoned his career basically and he was he, like I give up. He came to town a year and a half ago. Yeah, I couldn't go. Uh I went and I sat front row. We went to the late show. Apparently everyone at the early show was a complete douchebag. They were like drunkenly heckling him and everything. And we were like the cool. Com- were they expecting old Bobcat or what? I have no idea. That sucks. Yeah. So we were like the cool alternative comedy crowd, apparently. And he was like, you guys are great. The first crowd sucked, blah, 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 blah. You guys probably know my act. I'm not really going to do that. And he just like told stories. And so like apparently he was real close friends with Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. So he just spent like half an hour telling stories about Robin Williams and talking about his death and like leading up to it and kind of what happened and like his feelings after and like funny stories, fucked up stories. It was awesome. It's maybe I just belched right into the microphone. Then mm-hmm. I'm just going to move right past it. Yeah. Nobody will notice. because yeah. You didn't talk about it. <laughs> uh, it was probably like the least amount of jokes I've ever had at a comedy show, but like by far my favorite. Did uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. The did I tell you? Have I told you on air about going to see Gallagher and Branson? Mm, I don't think so. All right, so my wife and I accidentally went to Branson. Uh-huh. As you do. <laughs> So, like, we were looking for a place to go on vacation. It was just the two of us. We didn't have any kids yet. and uh, It's like the Vegas of the South, right? And we, like, looked, and it was like, there's a Ripley's, believe it or not. That's got to be a touristy place. So that's where we booked our vacation. And, Yakov Smirnoff is and there. And Branson is where people that are too old to go to Florida, like, you go to Florida to retire, and then you go to Branson to die, is for old people. Uh, and we got there. And first of all, we spent the night in St. Louis at one point. If we have any listeners from St. Louis, let us know this. So we, we, we stayed the night in St. Louis. We get there. Uh, we decide we're going to order a pizza from a local place. That's usually what we do when we're, when we're out of town. So we look, and everybody's advertising St. Louis-style pizza. St. Louis-style pizza. St. Louis-style pizza. So we're like, well, we got to try this. So we pick a random place. Never heard of St. Louis-style pizza. Heard of New York. Heard of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Those Never. are both places. Have you heard of St. Louis? Uh, as a city? Yes. Sure. <laughs> uh, I think they have an arch there. So we decide to, we pick one. We get it. Imagine, all right, so like the levels of cardboard pizza is like, there's like DiGiorno and Jack's, and then there's like Totino's on the very bottom, right? Totino's is the most cardboard. Yes. Yes. Imagine a Totino's pizza, like that level of like flaky crust and dustiness. 
But instead yeah. of instead of pizza sauce, cheese whiz Ugh. is the is like, and I don't know still if it was if that's what St. Louis style pizza is or if this was just a terrible place. But it was basically <laughs> like cheese whiz instead of sauce. Gross. So we got it for our twenty two dollar pizza or whatever. We tried to stuff it down and then we ended up leaving and going to the McDonald's beside the restaurant like or beside the <laughs> hotel. It was so sad. Anyway, so we get to Branson and we're there for a day or two and we're like going by this place and we see like, oh, Gallagher's going to be here for when is he? St- oh, today's his first day. He's going to be here and he's going to be here for three months or whatever. Right. Was this real Gallagher or like the time when he gave it to his this is real Gallagher. cousin or something? This is real Gallagher. Okay. So we decide, all right, there's two shows. There's a six o'clock, eight o'clock. Let's do the eight o'clock one. So we buy tickets. The first day he's in he's in Branson. We buy the tickets. We pay the extra to be in the splash zone or whatever, right? And we get in there and we're in like the third row or something like that. And uh, there's nobody else there. Not literally. There's probably 12 people there total. And we come to find out half of those people were people that were there for the first show that he just told stick around for the second one if you want to. So we should have went to the first one. But he most of the time it was so he called everybody up front, like even if they weren't right in those front rows, Mm -hmm. he called everybody right there. And it was basically like by the end of it, he knew all of our names because it was such an intimate group. So he was just talking to us. It was like he was half doing you just like did a puke thing. Did you just find Tom's video? No, I looked up St. Louis style pizza. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Here, let me let me interrupt your Gallagher story. <laughs> to talk more about pizza. To read a Wikipedia article. Okay. Uh, St. Louis style pizza is a distinct type of pizza popular in Midwestern American city of St. Louis, Missouri and surrounding areas. The definitive characteristics of St. Louis style pizza are a very thin cracker like crust. Okay. I, hold on. So I'm not crazy. I was right so far. Made without yeast. The common but not universal use of Provel processed cheese and pizzas cut into squares or rectangles instead of wedges. All that line up? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like, basically, all right, so isn't that what I described? Like, that was yeah. not a, as a so then flowery I click, of way. I clicked to what Provel is. It's a white processed cheese popular in St. Louis. It's a combination of cheddar, Swiss, and provolone and tastes nothing like any of them. <laughs> That would make sense. Like I, I gave like the, the the white trash description of of what that just said. Yeah, this is this looks gross. Okay, so St. Louis style pizza. It's not just that one. It's all St. Louis style pizza. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so we're just kind of hanging out with Gallagher, and uh, we get to know him, and he's just talking like, "Can you?" He's like, kind of. Like, we legitimately left that day, and we were like, should we be calling somebody to make sure Gallagher's not going to kill himself? <laughs> like, my, my wife and I had this conversation, like, a lot that night, because he was like, I used to sell out stadiums, and now you 12 people are, are the only people that I have here, you know? Um, and it was really cool, because, you know, he doesn't remember us, but we definitely remember him, and, like, we have that, and... You know, at least for that hour and a half, he knew who we were. Yeah. And he knew our, our story and everything. And um, it was really cool. It was pretty, it, it was better than seeing his regular show. And it sounds like that was kind of similar to what you had. Yeah. It was, even though, you know, it was sold out, it was way more intimate. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. I, uh, like we, had the thing like when you when you see a like a local band like you kind of feel obligated or whatever to buy a CD. Yeah. Speaking of obligations to buy CDs, you guys are all obligated to buy a CD from Tom Karosik. Uh, Do you remember should, the name of the time? Available now. On the verge of intelligence. Ooh, nailed it. Yep. Karosik.com. Uh, by the way, mm-hmm. we I we're telling about this. The only time I remember to plug our stuff is when we're plugging Tom's. Okay. So, yeah, our stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, our stuff. Don't forget about us. Um, yeah, my story's done now. Good. It <laughs> was a satisfying conclusion. Punctuation mark. <laughs> uh, it's late. Yeah. Uh, Justin. Mm-hmm. Incident at Loch Ness. Incident at Loch Ness. Synopsis. 
It is a faux documentary about Werner Herzog's journey to make a documentary about the Loch Ness Monster. And it all falls apart. The monster shows up. And that's basically the end. I feel like you missed one layer, which is... He's attempting to make a documentary about the Loch Ness, non- Loch Ness Monster, mm-hmm. dealing with a producer who's attempting to falsify the documentary right. by creating a fake version of the Loch Ness Monster. Mm-hmm. And then another layer on top of that is the real Loch Ness Monster shows up. Yeah. I said Loch Ness Monster. Like every vowel I just changed out with another yeah. one. I like to swap up my vowels. Swab them? Swap Swap. Gotcha. Wait, B is not a vowel, so the P shouldn't have been a B. That's not swapping anything. <laughs> What'd you think overall? Uh, it was all right. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. it. It got a little annoying at times, but definitely the beginning was, was real strong, and uh, I enjoyed what they were going for. I don't think they... Nailed it all the way. I don't know that they completely stuck the landing, but overall, it was, it was enjoyable. That sounds fair. So the opening scene you referenced, it's basically, this feels real. Documentary is the wrong word because they're, they're recording it for a fictional film. Um, But I don't think they were acting either, necessarily, especially right at the beginning when Herzog was just talking about cooking and stuff like that. That's probably something he really does, and he was just yeah, really talking. I mean, he, he was doing it for the yeah. He was ad libbing, yeah. but that's different than. I um, doubt Zach Penn wrote all those words. No, about no. yucca. Yeah, no, he didn't. Um, and like Jeff Goldblum, as promised. Yeah. Shows up, and eats dinner. And he's the voice of reason at the table. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. I also decided. It's not that he can't act, it's that he doesn't act because he's just Jeff Goldblum. Like yeah. like at any given point and in every movie, he's just Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. But I expected Jurassic Park Jeff Goldblum when I got the exact it was the exact opposite. What? Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park talks about chaos and it's very I don't know. He he's much more I don't know, he talks about chaos and the chaotic theory and how everything is just going to get, everything's connected and it's all going to fuck each other up. Mm -hmm. This, he was just like, I don't know, I don't think Loch Ness Monster exists. Maybe it's just stories. Okay. My favorite part of the movie is like the literally two seconds where Crispin Glover just walks in and like shakes a hand. He walks in (laughs) 10% into the frame. And, and like goes to it. shake a hand. You don't even get to see like he extends to shake a hand mm-hmm. and then just gone. And yep. I'm just like, I would just, I would watch an hour and a half movie of Werner Herzog, Goldblum and Crispin Glover just sitting at a table and talking. Mm-hmm. Um, the, before there were podcasts, there was an awesome show called Dinner for Five. Netflix keeps recommending it to me. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's John Favreau yeah. and four other random people. I've watched, I think I watched one with Louis C.K. Yeah. Or maybe just clips from it, but. And it's cool, like, because uh, it's just people that he knows and things like that. And then there's just awesome combinations. Like, he's friends, I don't know if he's friends with Marilyn Manson or how they're, but he's on one. And I think it's the same one with Dwight Yoakam, who he's friends with. And, like, seeing, like, Marilyn Manson, John Favreau, and Dwight Yoakam sitting around together is awesome. <laughs> like, Okay, thanks. <laughs> well, I don't. What am I supposed to do? I don't have an answer. I just expect something. Let's move on. Um, so they go to Loch Ness, Ireland. It's in Scotland. Scotland. <laughs> they speak something redheaded over there. Um, so they go. Those to Scotland, are my people, man. Which is beautiful. Like yeah, yeah. Really, I beautiful. totally want to go to. Ireland and Scotland and Wales and yeah. England. And like, I'm not an outdoorsy guy, but that looked pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they commit 
uh, Zach Penn is plays himself. He is the, a writer, but he's going to be producing this movie. Yep, and he's the evil mastermind behind trying to fake items to work into a Werner Herzog movie. Mm-hmm. Werner Herzog was the perfect person to be Werner Herzog in this movie. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to get somebody, but get I Werner. will say, I think Zach Penn should have just had somebody else play him, or. Something I don't know. I didn't feel I like thought he, he was fine. You think so? I liked him. Yeah. Yeah. I I love how much he made himself out to be the ass and oh, yeah. and an idiot and, and an idiot. Like yeah. Uh. Yeah. They're, at one point, like they have a sexy girl show up arbitrarily for no reason. She's the sonar operator. Um. And she's hired mm-hmm. to do the to do the gig. Um, Werner Herzog automatically has like this air of legitimacy to him, and yeah. like it's super cool that he would do something this campy. I think campy is the wrong word, but yeah. See, uh, insincere. It's fun. It's fun <laughs> to use that word and describe things. Uh, I think he has a just a good sense of humor about himself. Uh, he is in an episode of Rick and Morty. And he plays the character of Shrimply Peebles or Shrimply Pibbles. Shrimply Pebbles. And he needs a human penis and testicles to replace his heart. And that's kind of the central conflict. He's an alien, you said? Yeah. That leads me to the question. There's a big... There's a monologue that Herzog has about... uh, it's only like fat American women that get abducted by aliens. Mm-hmm. That has to be his speech. That was not Zach Penn's, <laughs> right? There's no way Zach Penn wrote that. Uh, That's a Herzog thought. Maybe. I feel like that's where I my don't money know. is. There was some sh- like Herzog. I think was great this whole time. Who's not necessarily an actor? Yeah. But some of the actors were a little shaky. Everybody in here was like the real person. I looked about it on IDB. Like everybody was playing themselves. Okay, so that would make sense why that's the case. Like the sound yeah. guy in particular, a little Russell? rough, a little rough around the edges. Because he's he literally he says he won two Oscars and two Emmys for sound mixer, mm-hmm. and we check his IMDb picture, and there he is with his two Emmys and his two Oscars. <laughs> he's just he's posing with them. Mm-hmm. In like a, it's like uh, it's a professional photo shoot. It's not like he yeah. was BSing around the house. It's like he took them with him to do his his photo shoot. Mm-hmm. It was a little sad. I thought it was great, but I guess if I won those, I would yeah, I would just be carrying them around everywhere. Oh, hello, this is my Oscar. Oh, and uh, this is my other Oscar. Hi, I'm Russ. Oh, did you ask me about my Oscar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're there between the Emmys. It's not. I don't know. I don't like it. It's not too gaudy. (laughs) Oh, oh, solid gold. Yeah, that's what they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the score for this is the worst. It's weird. It's terrible, and it comes in and out at weird places. Just like it, it seems to just randomly appear. Like, there'll be moments where you think that it would be there, and it's not, and there are moments where it doesn't seem like it's needed at all, and it's totally there. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the score at all. No. Um, I wasn't a fan of the cryptozoologist. No. Rafi? <laughs> he looked like Rafi. <laughs> he was the poor man's Rafi. Yeah. Jason, he wasn't nearly as Jason funny as Manzoukas? Rafi. Yeah, not nearly as funny as Rafi. No. Uh, did you watch that show? Yeah. The League? Yeah, I love I love Rafi. Uh, how far did you get? I got to like season three or four. Mm-hmm. And then every... It got t- like they were trying to make it too big. Like, it got more and more absurd. Like, I enjoyed the show and it was just guys making fun of each other. Yeah. But then, like, things started to get bigger and more and more absurd. 
what the climax is every week, and yeah. it got too much, and I couldn't do it anymore. I think I got through five or six. I need. I I want to go back and watch the rest of it. Yeah, you made it farther because I love I everyone in that. Yeah, you made it farther than I did. Congrats. Yeah. So I was into cryptozoology, like my senior year of high school, and then like. I didn't know you were a Christian. <laughs> did we just lose more more listeners? Probably, and also I don't get that. <laughs> it's fake things. <laughs> okay. Are you calling Jesus a hidden animal? Mm-hmm. So that's what cryptozoology means, study of hidden animals. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, Mokali and Bembe, the whole nine yards, Chupacabra. I was really into that for like three years. Didn't uh, LeVar Burton play Mokali Bembe? That was uh, Kunta Kinte. Oh, okay. He uh, he has a license plate that says Kunta. He's a, like a plate. genuinely good dude. Like he's he re- like, like uh, reading rainbows coming back and stuff. Like he yeah. did this huge it's crazy like for Kickstarter iPads and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was a Kickstarter a few years ago. Yeah, there's like people that you feel like are genuinely good people, and then you just like also have this fear that like something terrible is going to come out about them. Yeah, <laughs> like. Like Jared from Subway. Yeah, I don't. Why was he ever a good person though? Like he wasn't a bad. Well, I'm not guy. saying he was, but like that's the level of stuff that's going to come out. Did you do you know how they got how they busted him? It was like USB sniffing dogs. or Yeah, something. that's insane, dude. They there's only like a couple. Uh, what's his name? He's got an awesome name. Uh, the dog has an awesome name, Dick which Trickle? I don't remember. No, 70s NASCAR no, legend. It's, it's Dick something, Trickle. It's something super clever like uh it's not like data or something but it's like bite or something like that right like mm-hmm. and that's what they named him something clever like bite <laughs> i mean it's a bite because b-o-i-t-e yeah like and a dog's bite. bite something along those lines a, a what a data bite nanobite microbite vision bite html bite <laughs> mouse bite Keyboard bite. Shift alt exclamation mark bite. I can keep going. I just give me another Ooh. laugh. That's all I needed. <laughs> uh, shrimp gumbo, shrimp soup. <laughs> the I did that thing again where I say the, but I don't have anywhere else that I'm going because I know this movie is all all concept. Like I can't. Yeah. Uh. I I really liked everyone. I loved how kind of vain and incompetent everybody was, mm-hmm. except for the cryptozoology guy who annoyed me the whole time. But yeah, I appreciated. I really loved uh, Gabriel and Russell, uh, and I was sad that they exited the film early. I think my favorite line was Zach Penn when he said, "Like I'm not about to point any fingers." But it's completely his fault. Yeah, he said, uh, <laughs> "I don't want to blame any. Or, uh, I don't want to point any fingers, but I completely blame David for this one." <laughs> That's just a great line. Yeah, it's fantastic. Zach Penn is just a total douchebag. This whole movie. And oh, it's for fun. sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's totally fun. Yes, because and knowing he wrote and directed it, you mm-hmm. know, I, I love when anybody makes himself look like an asshole. Yeah, that's uh, why I make a living out of doing it. Yeah, at one point he, uh, because there's the Werner Herzog. Uh, directed clown uh, Klaus Kinski. what's his name Klaus Kinski Klaus Kinski uh, at gunpoint so he gra- he uh, Werner Herzog won't take the shot won't film the uh, fake Loch Ness monster he has done so he gets out a flare gun and points it at him I thought that was funny so he not only does that but then Werner Herzog points out it's a flare gun and it's not loaded <laughs> yeah so so Zach Penn just has to like check and kind of just like tuck his tail between his legs and walk away like he went from pointing a gun to somebody to just be like oh I guess I'm out of leverage <laughs> then the monster hits the boat and I thought that I thought the the Loch Ness monster looked fantastic in this movie because they didn't show anything no really. that's true but but it, what what they did looked great I was sold a bill of goods by the back of that box, and that did not happen. Shitty looking the <laughs> shitty CGI on land 
Lagnus monster is not in this movie. Here's the grand irony. This the DVD case is selling you Zach Penn's movie he was making inside the movie. Yeah. Does that mean like you got the sexy girl in the back, mm-hmm. you got the full likeness monster, yeah. you got the action cover. Mm-hmm. That's not what this movie is. No. This movie is Werner Herzog giggling like like to himself, <laughs> you, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of what you're getting. Um so listening to him talk uh, he was. I er, was reminded. Just recently listened to a podcast with Arnold Schwarzenegger on it, mm-hmm. and he was super funny, charming. Really liked it. And my favorite part was he said when he signed up, he was telling the story about twins with Danny DeVito, and it was originally called The Experiment, but once they got him signed on to do the movie. They changed it because they didn't want to have somebody with a vaguely German accent in a movie called The Experiment. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome that he was laughing about it with, with himself. That's great. Do you know they were ready to make a sequel for that movie? Uh, yeah, called Triplets. Yeah, with Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. The uh, It was a few years. podcast was a couple years old, so he talked about that. He mm. also told the story about uh, on Twins that he and Danny DeVito... They didn't take a salary, and they each hit him, those two, and one other person. Between the three of them, they just got 40% of the back end of the movie. Jesus. Uh, and that was him, like, that was his doing. Like, he's super business savvy, mm-hmm. and he's like, I've made more money off twins than I have anything else in my life. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> twins. <laughs> he made 40%. That's huge. Yeah. Um, so anyway, more than you made for Junior. Yeah, now I could recap uh, some other things from that I listened to on other podcasts. <laughs> Just kind of the best ofs from everybody else. Uh, yeah. Overall thoughts. Uh, it was it was good. Yeah, uh, I think some... I, I think I enjoyed this less this time than I had before. It's been a few years since I've seen it. I'd only seen it once before, probably ten years ago. But uh, I think you were right in that uh, it starts to get a little shaky and the premise wears a little thin. Also, like towards the end, they start doing shot reverse shot, but there's only one camera. Yes, I saw that too. I know exactly what you're talking about. I was getting so annoyed because the dialogue dialogue was still going. Oh, it was frustrating me. I couldn't I couldn't get past it. Yeah. Uh, I did some digging as promised and I have a list of items that are, that I like that aren't, (laughs) that aren't horror related. Is it Werner Herzog? No. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Uh, and I tried not, like I I realized I was starting to do stuff and it was basically just nostalgia. So I decided that didn't really count. Okay. Right. Yeah, because like Star Wars is nostalgic for me, but it's also something I really like. Yeah. Now, well, I, I like Star Wars, um, but I but I also tried to make this like relatively recently. Uh, Seinfeld. I never really liked Seinfeld. Uh, By the way, I'm just going to commentate over all this. Okay. Uh, Breaking Bad. Fantastic show. Better Call Saul. Somehow an even better show. Um, I I wrote music. But then I also realized, like, a lot of my music kind of does have, like, a depressing yeah, or kind sad of, overtones that yeah, I Yeah, it's very to. macabre and sad. Um, I like... All right, we'll, we'll play a game. Do I like <laughs> Home Improvement or King of Queens? I'm going to say King of Queens. That's correct. Good for you. I liked Home Improvement when it was on, but Ugh. looking back, I, it's a terrible show. You know what else is terrible? Married with Children. Have you ever tried to watch that? Yeah. It's bad. I, th- I thought I liked that when I was a kid. I don't it's think because I did. we weren't supposed to be watching it because yeah. it was kind of risque. Mm-hmm. All right, here's another quiz. Did I like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie 2 of the new ones, the Megan Fox ones? Oh, I have no idea because I haven't seen either of them. Really? Yeah. I liked number two. Number one, not so much. Uh, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Okay. I thought I was going to nap during it, but I ended up liking it. Good. I just recently saw that also. Uh, I liked 21 Jump Street. I can't believe that I like that. That's actually a good movie. I need to see 22. Uh, I like the Lego movie. 
That was a fantastic movie. As you'll see, pretty much all these are just things that my family yeah. makes me watch. Uh-huh. I like Penn Jillette. He's not horror. Yeah. I like Al Franken. He's not horror. No. Uh, there's a couple podcasts that I like that aren't horror. Uh, I like the cartoon Clarence. You ever seen Clarence? Mm-mm. It's Clarence. Uh, uh, my phone says Barbie Life in the Steakhouse, but it was supposed to be Dream House. <laughs> what is Barbie Life in the Dream House? Uh, it's a, we talked about this. It's a cartoon on Netflix that, again, I'd never watch it, but I'm watching. I see it, and I compare that to like Garfield, the new Garfield, and the new Garfield is so cheap. Like it uses it. It's. I mean, old Garfield was very cheap. Oh, it's just it's. Watch the two, and you'll know the difference. How about there, I watch neither? Yeah, there were things that I went to write down, and I realized they didn't qualify, uh, like Walking Dead. <laughs> like that's obviously not, and like the newest Scooby Doo was funny, but that doesn't qualify. And then I also started thinking about other comparing other things. So here, here's my cheese its or cheese nips. Cheese its, absolutely. I'm with you. Uh, Jacks or Tombstone pizzas. Jacks. I'm with you. Two for two. Nacho cheese or Cool Ranch Doritos. Nacho cheese. Nacho cheese. Nacho cheese or taco? Still nacho cheese, but nacho tacos cheese. is good. Taco or not? Uh, or Cool Ranch? Taco. No. I I don't like ranch. You lost. That's about everything that's not horror that I think that I like. like. So it's some movies, a couple kids things, <laughs> and <It's> Doritos. <laughs> I really tried to. Okay. Get off my back. So had you seen Guardians of the Galaxy 1? Okay, I'm going to start this this conversation now. I'm going to nerd out. Um, I think that I saw 80% of it, but it was over the course of like three weeks and 10 minute chunks. All right. So, no, not really. You had really no context, but that's fine. Zero, zero. But you got Uh, to see Dave Bautista be all like, I'm Dave Bautista. Yeah, no, I could tell. but, But to be completely honest, the... The passing interest that I had in is from it's James Gunn, who's a horror guy. Yeah. So, um, and his brother, who's from Gilmore Girls. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'll concede that fact that there isn't much that I consume, especially on my own. Yeah. That isn't horror. Um, you know, I'm sure I'd like Moonlight if I sat and watched it, but if I have to choose between Moonlight or Chud Two, Bud the Chud. I'm going to choose Bud the Chud. Really? Yeah. I need to see Moonlight. I haven't seen it yet. And, and it, uh, I was going to go see it when it was at the theater. And, sp- especially and when I was uh, a little bit more eclectic in what I watched. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never usually did the ones that were held in such high regard and the Oscar nominated ones. Yeah. Because it always felt like homework to me. Like so many people were telling me like, you have to watch this. And I felt like I was being assigned mm-hmm. to do something. Um, you told me to watch The Station Agent. That's still one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, I like that. Peter Dinklage. It's fantastic. I was riding high on that Peter Dinklage train. Yeah. I think him and Idris Elba are maybe my two favorite actors right now. Who? Idris Elba. Hmm. Uh, what horror movie was she in? <laughs> it's, a, it's a guy. <laughs> oh. It is a British black gentleman. Okay. Uh, there was talk he might be the next James Bond, which would be cool. But I think that talk went away. I was super disappointed when I heard that it wasn't a real story that somebody commit some racist guy committed suicide when uh, a black guy was cast and starring in the new Star Wars. Yeah, the people got very upset that it starred a woman and a black guy. Yeah, and a Latino gentleman. Yeah, people got upset about the Ghostbusters thing too. Yeah, people are dumb. Yeah, I was more upset with the fact that it was a bad movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> then. I really like Kate McKinnon. Which one's that? Uh, The one that's not Kristen Wiig or Leslie Jones or. uh. She's the cute one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I liked her. She's a lesbian in real life. So I don't have a chance. No. That was the only thing stopping me. Yep, I know. Hmm. Uh. Uh, I thought about, I've been doing a lot of reading, like lately, mm-hmm. like I've been barreling through stuff, 
There's two that I wanted to recommend to the audience, to the okay. listeners. Uh, the first one is called Lovecraft Country. Um, sounds cool. It's co- and uh, you just said that's cool, like just placate. Sounds cool. Oh, okay, yeah. It's called Lovecraft Country. Uh, it's set in uh, segregated 1950s, uh, and it kind of reads as a series of short stories, almost. That sounds cool. With, I like that with correlating characters that all at the end come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I felt racist for a minute as I was reading it because I'm reading it and I'm like, I feel like I need to tweet Jordan Peele and tell him about this move, this book. Cause like uh, in my head I was like, Oh, anytime you're talking about race, it's gotta be Jordan Peele now. Like the N word was in this book. I should it, tell Jordan Peele about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, so, uh, I was really enjoying it. It all came together, really liked it. So then I started looking into the author afterwards mm-hmm. and I found out that, uh, JJ Abrams and Jordan Peele are producing the HBO TV show of this. And I was like, redeemed. I'm not racist. Thank you. I'm not racist. So yeah, you're still probably racist. And it, and it, it would totally play into a series based on the fact that they're kind of inner short stories that end up intersecting. That's perfect mm-hmm. for a TV show. Uh, so, so I definitely is it Lovecraftian, um, to a degree. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, check that out. Yeah. It, I really enjoyed it. It's by a guy named Matt Ruff. So check that out. Uh, The other one that I read was The Scarlet Gospels, which is Clive Barker's latest uh, book, but still a couple years old, but I had kind of been off the reading train for a while. This kind of got poo-pooed a little bit Mm -hmm. by people. Um, And I think it's because they're expecting the Hellraiser movies, which is a Hellraiser book. It's a, it's a, it's the Follow up to Pinhead. So Clive Barker's only ever wrote two things. Two. He's he's been involved in comic books and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and he was involved in Hellraiser too. But really, as far as novels or novellas, he's only written two, which is the Hellbound Heart, which is introduced Pinhead. Okay. Um, who isn't Pinhead? He's the Hell Priest. Pinhead came about the name came about on the set of Hellraiser. Yeah. Um, so he's the Hell Priest. Uh. And the only other book is the Scarlet Gospels. Okay. I loved it. Okay. To give you an idea, I was hooked on like page 15 or 18 or whatever. So this dude uh, is a police officer. He's out with his partner, right? They run across a demon. The demon lights the dude's head, one of the guy's heads on fire, right? And then he proceeds, he tells the guy to spit in his hand. That's whose head is not on fire. Okay. And then the demon jerks off, not to the guy burning, but to the, he makes the guy watch him burn and he jerks off to the sight of him watching his friend burn alive. And you were like, this is for me. This is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) I love this book. All right. It was awesome. So if that sounds like it's your thing, <laughs> seek help. <That's laughs> um, but it was awesome. So it, it totally tells you of uh, the Hell Priest, aka Pinhead's uh, plan, and uh, to overthrow Hell and his escapades in order to do that and battle with Lucifer himself. Uh, it's just like it's a sprawling. Like people were complaining, like it's so big. And it's like Lord of the Rings through hell, basically. Yeah. But that's exactly what I expected because that's what Clive Barker's done. Like, he's got, like, he he has his own, like, Lord of the Rings, basically. Like, he's got all of these things that is where Lord of the Rings is very, like, it's basically like medieval times, but with dragons or medieval times with ogres. Um, (laughs) What? Your Lord of the Rings knowledge is showing. (laughs) Sorry, did I just gand off it right there? Yeah, he totally gand off it. <laughs> did I get that one right? That's Gandalf, right? Gandalf is a wizard in Lord of the Rings. And which one is in Harry Potter? I don't know which one is in Harry Potter. The one that looks like Gandalf. Yeah, but he's what's not his... Ian McKellen. What's his name? Dumbledore. That's what I said. Dumbledore. Um, 
but but that he he has these versions, so that's his thing. And the Hellbound Heart was just a novella, like it was one very tiny thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then people are shitting on it because it was two thousand pages whittled down to four hundred or whatever. Like his original version was two thousand pages. The the gospel one. Yeah, the Scarlet Gospels. Which mm-hmm. which here's the thing, and I this is unsubstantiated, but Clive Barker writes by hand. So 2,000 handwritten pages could totally yeah. be 400 typed pages. Like, yeah. I, I don't, that's just, that's me just trying to put those pieces together. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Demon Masturbation, Scarlet Gospels. So if you're into that, <laughs> maybe check it out. <laughs> no, you don't sound interested. Not in that one. <laughs> First one sounded okay. <laughs> I just said that was the point that it hooked me. It's not all about that. I understand that. Okay. All right. I am also perturbed that that's the part that hooked you. Yeah, that's what got me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Digging up the marrow. Uh, yeah, so this is a, another fake documentary. This one, uh, Adam Green gets a letter... More like a like a manifesto. Adam Grimm is a filmmaker. Yes. Okay. He gets like a manifesto of for uh, from this guy named William Decker who talks about the marrow and monsters uh, who live underground, and this is a documentary about them looking for these creatures. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this came about like Adam Green really got a letter, a letter, kind of saying something similar to that. So you saw the character called Victor Crowley. He created from one of his movies, right? Mm-hmm. He, so he got this letter saying Victor Crowley is actually real. I have proof, and that's what set him along this trail. That's what the the seed that planted in his head. Okay. Um, then he partnered with this guy named Alex Party, who drew made all the drawings and everything. Yeah. And then he saw it and kind of married those two things together. Like, hey, I really like your art. I've got this idea. Let's push these two things together. Overall thoughts? Uh, I don't think that I had the mental fortitude to watch two fake documentaries back to back tonight. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that's what I was getting. What I was getting into. You chose. Did I not give you the choice? Did I not give you the choice? I had an option. I did not know that I was watching one fake documentary, let alone two. Uh, they can be fun but exhausting. Uh, I don't know. I have very mixed thoughts because I thought it was obviously much more competent. Uh, and it was it was kind of fun. It was jump scary. Much more competent than what? What? Much more competent than what? Than uh, Loch Ness. Okay. Uh, But it was was very jump scary, which you know I'm not into. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it just creates fake tension. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think it it worked at what it tried to do. Yeah. I think for a story like this. I was into that. Yeah. I think for a story like this, the jump scare thing is exactly what you'd have to have. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I think the the biggest thing that, that I take away when I'm seeing this is I'm seeing Green trying to come up with a way to be able to make a movie. Mm-hmm. Because, so, one of the, there's a podcast called The Movie Crypt that I listen to all the time. It's Adam Green's podcast with another filmmaker named Joe Lynch. Okay. Um, every week, um... He interviews other people in the industry. Uh, they talk about stuff, and and you're you're always hearing the struggles that they're going through. They're associated with this. They're associated with that. They spend six months working on this project, and it falls through, and blah 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 blah. Right? Yeah. So watching this, especially the second time, I'm realizing like this is completely, and this is him saying this too, but this is completely him as an independent filmmaker, and he's got this company that makes movies. And he's trying to find a way to be able to make a movie. Like, he obviously called in favors from all of his friends. He's used 
the conventions that he was traveling to to pay for the travel in this movies. I'm sure that's how they like he did a, a fundraiser for Boston, and I'm sure that that's when they filled filmed the Boston scene, right, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and it's just things that they could get in between things, and they ask favors for people for for super super cheap. Um, all that being said, there's plans. For, obviously, this is set up for a sequel. Um, he's got sequels mapped out, but it's not going to happen because he can't justify doing even for a movie this cheap because of piracy. Like it's just not getting sold. Nobody's buying it. But yet Mm -hmm. you look at like the torrent sites and it just doesn't exist because there's no monetary gain in order to do it. So nobody will touch it. Nobody wants to distribute a movie that people aren't paying for simultaneously. It's the same thing. So his podcast, right? Mm hmm. His podcast has about half a million listeners every week. Big podcast. It's Entertainment Weekly. It's the top 10 blah, blah, blahs, right? Okay. They just started a Patreon a few months ago. They're barely scraping by $3,000 a month, right? That's a shitty, shitty percentage of people that are doing it. There's like 500 people doing it out of 500,000 that are listening to his podcast. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's 0.1%. That's, I don't think that's terrible. It's, but, but, but the point that I'm making is, is that this is a real life example. Like this movie is a perfect example. Like whether you like it that much or not, there's no reason why there's way more shitty movies out there. Yeah. There's no reason why it shouldn't have a sequel to continue the story. But because I don't think the story needed continued, but. Well, no. If I mean, he I'm, thinks it does, that's fine. No, no, no. I'm saying there's no reason. It's not like this. This isn't the room. You know what I mean? I would have much rather we watch the room, but okay. <laughs> I love the room. Uh, ouch. The room uh, is great. Um. So anyway, so <laughs> you're tearing he, me apart. I've never oh, seen, hi, Mark. I've never seen the room. Um. Go ahead. <laughs> I just talked for like five minutes. I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Ha- I don't have a lot to say. Like the monster design was super cool, um, except the little thing that looked exactly like Slimer but tiny. Uh, wasn't that it? Like it looked super cool. Uh, I liked Vance standing there. Mm-hmm. I thought he was cool. Yeah, I I still like every every step along the way. I'm still just like looking at at this through the through his perspective through his lens and it's probably because you know i followed him for five years listening to him every week you know Mm -hmm. so i know his mentality with things and how he's doing it um but you know they obviously they rented a small shitty house for probably um one month you know they paid a thousand dollars to rent this one house this tiny house so they could film everything in there Mm -hmm. um and uh It sucks that people steal stuff. Yeah. And I was there for one of those shots. Yeah. Literally. You were al- you were almost in this movie. I was almost in this. I was there when he was filming the movie. Mm-hmm. But that's all it was. They were at a convention. Yeah. And Will Barrett was there. Uh, and he just shot him as he was doing a QA. and a Did he say, like, hey, we're shooting a movie or anything? Yeah. So the, what the cool thing, so he's very much... He's had a few projects that have fallen through that he hates that like five years later, people are still like, hey, what's going on with this? So this movie uh, and there's another movie that's pretty much in the can. And I think it's ready to come out, um, which actually in the can is an industry term. Yeah, because I'm in the industry. <laughs> yep. Um, but it's done. But he kept everything close to his chest. So this movie, he said he was making a documentary about uh, an art exhibit. And his logic was nobody would give a shit about that. And nobody gave a shit about that. Like I, I ordered from his website. I ordered the poster that I have signed by him for this movie mm-hmm. uh, without knowing what it was. Like he had it on his website and I ordered it just being a fan and anticipating enjoying it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he kept it close to his chest. So when that showed, I knew that he was making a movie. But they just said, he just said, don't pay attention to Will. He's going to be shooting some stuff for something we're going to be doing. And that was all he acknowledged for it or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is uh, 
totally competent. I think it's fun. I enjoy seeing the monsters. I enjoy seeing all the, there's tons of people that I see everybody that you see that their name pops up are those people just yeah. like in incident. Um, yeah. I have a question for mm-hmm. you. What was locked in that room? Don't know. So we see a bunch of spoons and stuff. Mm-hmm. So if it was locked in that room, what was he feeding in the marrow, the entrance to the marrow? That's why I want a sequel. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's got all these answers. Like a, Or does he? Uh, I mean, maybe he has one, but I I just feel like that's a bit of a having hole. seen having seen his hatchet trilogy, he has the answers. Okay, like, yeah, that would mean more had you seen them. Yeah, especially the hatchet two joke. Yeah, that they drop in there, and I was like, I bet I bet that's funny. I don't know, <laughs> but I bet that's funny. Uh, I wish I could laugh right now. Mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't remember which movie it was in. But there was a point where you were like, did did he just say blah, 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 blah? And I was like, yeah. And then you started laughing. Basically, it was like, did he just make a joke? Yeah, he made a joke. Oh, I'm going to laugh now. <laughs> uh, that's true. That happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, we totally undersold this movie, I feel like. It's just, it, there's not much yucks to get from it. It's a no, comp- I mean, it's... It, it's like I said, totally competent. It's a very small movie. Absolutely. With the exception of the last scene. Yep. But even that. The last big scene. Yeah. Um, where the, I'm sure 90% of the budget was spent. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Chucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you prefer, Justin Incident or Digging? Uh, though I say Digging is more competent, I think I liked Incident better just because Werner Herzog. Yeah. He made that movie. If Werner Herzog would have played the Ray Wise character in this in Digging Up the Marrow, <laughs> there would be no argument. Yeah. Uh I'll go with Digging. I recognized everybody in the movie. Uh I love seeing them. Uh I love Adam Green. To go and digging up the marrow. I kinda didn't like that I knew the actor playing Will Decker. So that's a debate. It was like all it was all these real people and then the dude from Twin Peaks. So that was a yeah, that was a debate that he so he said very early that he had decided to do that because what he didn't want to have happen. And I understand his argument. I don't know if I agree with it necessarily, but his argument was he didn't want to be accused of trying to trick people. So what he did from the very beginning is this is Ray Wise. This is obviously a movie. Mm-hmm. I might be playing myself. Everybody else might be playing himself. But this is a movie, right? But I don't I think know. That would become very much apparent when the when there are monsters on the screen. I I don't I don't disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, okay. that was his logic. So yes, yeah. Justin. Yeah. Next week. Next week. Very first film. I am procrastinating to give to you. Stretch. Stretch. In this next moment. You would think you maybe while will one of, while I was talking, get you might want to uh, it right get here. that loaded up. But, uh, wait, oh. wait, 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 wait. Give me that back. <laughs> okay. I failed. I failed. Oh, Justin. Yeah. First movie next week. First movie. <laughs> there you go. What do you got there, Justin? This really doesn't work. <laughs> I'm supposed to describe the cover. What do you got? I have Treasure Hunt Value DVD $1. <laughs> it's just a paper and plastic sleeve holding a nondescript disc that says Videodrome on it. What are you gonna see with Videodrome, Justin? Uh, I actually, it's it's not a movie I've seen, but it's a movie like I've totally always wanted to see. Uh, I know at some point, like, dude makes out with some lips on a screen or something. Okay, there's the actual cover. 
And it went away, so we're going to stall some more. <laughs> he just handed me his phone when it was turned off. Uh, a shocking new vision. First it controls your mind, then it destroys your body. So yeah, it's a scan line lady. So you can tell she's on the TV. And uh, looks like this guy is getting sucked in. So dude gets sucked into a TV. And droming happens, which I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's like shunting. Hmm. That doesn't sound fun. No. You remember shunting? It's from society. Oh. Climax of society. We yeah. had a little shunting going. Yeah. Gross. Mm. No, I hope it's nothing like that. Okay. Um, Unless so, someone can get pulled inside out by their anus. So this is usually your bit, but I actually have something to say for this next movie. Sure. So for years, I knew that I hated this next movie based on the cover. Okay. Hated it. And just by looking at it, and to this day, I still hate it so much. So very much. To me, the title is awful. The font is worse the generic images on there make this the most repulsive thing that i would ever want to watch so i'm excited yeah so tell me what we're looking for for our second feature uh, i'm pretty sure this is a male enhancement product <laughs> uh Play it, live it, kill for it, existence. Yeah, this looks completely generic. Uh, but Jennifer Jason Lee, Jude Law, Christopher Eccleston, Willem Dafoe. Christopher Eccleston is my favorite doctor. What What are you looking at? You just said it was generic. What's on the cover? Uh, yeah, it's a capital X and a capital Z. Because the movie, the title ends in a Z. Existence. Uh, the, but all in the, the worst font ever. It's yeah. like flowy comic sans bubble letters. Yeah. And, oh, I didn't even look that closely at the gun. So it's a lady and then Jude Law awkwardly around her. So obviously it's photoshopped. Shooting a seahorse skull or of some sort so this that's the most interesting thing on that cover but for years i never noticed that it was any different so it was just a gun which made it even worse of a cover yeah that it's just a person holding a gun because on the back there's just a dude with a regular gun yes yeah you're right this is completely unremarkable oh wait it looks like there's uh, an x-ray of a skeleton on the side i don't even think i've seen that on the left-hand side? Right-hand side? Which one makes it now? Oh, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, it's still a bad cover, Yeah, it's man. just a like weird... To be fair, Videodrome's a terrible cover, too. The floating James Woods. I don't know. That's... I like... To, I'm, I miss hand-drawn uh, poster time. Yeah, I miss good ones. Yeah. Like... The one behind you. The From Beyond poster? Yeah. It's got boobies on it. It does have boobies on it. Justin, what are we going to see from Existence? Ah. I, wait. Somebody wrote one of the best sci-fiers of the decade? Who says sci-fiers? <laughs> I, I think it probably has a name. You can you can tell who has it. Brandon Judell? calling you out brandon judell of aol slash entertainment asylum <laughs> when you aol is who you're quoting that instantly dates it uh, yeah so what are we seeing uh i'm going to guess this is like uh near future post-apocalypse mystical type thing Based on the fact that you see somebody holding a gun? I see somebody holding a gun and somebody holding a seahorse skull gun. Uh, and it's a sci-fi-er. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, this is nothing for me to go on. Jude Law awkwardly hugging people. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, I need to, sh- I need to shoot around you. Uh, excuse me, just need to get over your shoulder I'd here. I'd be scared I'd get a boner. <laughs> like teaching a girl how to mini golf. Yeah, I'd be scared. I mean, that, that's kind of the point of it, right? Yeah, I'd be scared I'd get a boner. Yeah, that's half the fun sometimes. Mm. You know? Justin, what else you got for us? Seahorse skull. <laughs>